2: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today.
5: Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and
2: me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: Welcome to the Hank Iney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio.
3: it's time for the truth, here's our dude You're listening to Haney yeah. Listening to Haney.
1: Haney Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast Hank Haney and Minnesota Tim Parachka Minnesota Tim, how you doing? Are you still uh, reeling from the big uh, playoff at the RSM with uh, Robert Straub and Kevin Kisner?
6: I want to say one thing here, okay? Well, multiple things. So, one, you were right that I did not watch a single second of the RSM Classic, but at the same time, I was just speechless. I am speechless at the amount of clutch gene that Robert Strip has, his iron shot on the second playoff hole, and his will to get that ball in the cup, and fewer shots than Kevin Kisner just blew me away. I was enamored (laughs) by his greatness.
1: I I did watch it. Now he made a nice birdie on 17. To and and, you know Kisner played the great uh, the great fourth round. I mean he he did. I mean he you know he he kind of came out of nowhere there. And it was a you know it was a good round, Uh, no doubt about it. And now you know so Kisner's in the playoff, but he's in the house. Strep Strep birdie's 17, and he he gets you know tied with. uh, with, with Kisner. And then they go into the playoff. All right. Now, uh, the playoff record, Kevin Kisner, 0 for 5. He's 0 for 5 now in playoffs. He, lo- he lost this play, 0 for 5. He's a l- it was a little negative too. Did you see what he said?
6: Yeah, I saw what he said. He goes, yeah. I just want to keep my playoff record intact here on tour and not have a win in a playoff.
1: Yeah, a little sarcastic there.
6: Yeah, that's why Steve hates him.
1: Well, yeah, I think he hates him for mold. Really, Steve, Steve, the great predictor, Steve Johnson, does not like Kevin Kissinger. And the big thing about it is, is that he spits on the greens. He calls him the Cobra. (laughs) And what he does, he chews. So when you chew, I mean, I've never chewed, but when you chew, you get all this spit and this, (laughs) uh, you know, you just generate a lot of spit. And he does these spit things. He does oh, these little spits. Now he doesn't look. That's a that's like a hawker. That's a loogie. He does, that's a loogie. Steve does. Steve says he just he's like a cobra. He spits, and, and he calls him the cobra. And and he he spits on those greens. And Steve doesn't like it. Pisses him off. Just just drives him crazy. Just drives him nuts. Uh, but Kisner's tough. You know. I mean, they they, they say he's tough. And he's got this reputation. Some of it's because he won the World Golf uh, Championship Match Play tournament, which is head to head. So for some reason, he wins the match play. He's got that on his resume, head to head. You know, they say he's a tough competitor, and yet he's zero for five in, in in playoffs, which is I'm sure that would would bother anybody. That's 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 not a good record. Wow. I thought he was going to go. I thought he was getting off the side. I thought he was going to be one and four on that first playoff hole. Robert Streb drives it in the left bunker. Kisner pumps it down the middle. Okay, Uh, Streb's got – he's he's five yards from the lip of the bunker. He's at like a 45-degree angle with his iron shot. And they said he's got 188 yards to the pin. I don't know what he had to the front. Maybe 160 to the front. I forget what it was, but the pin was pretty far back. So he had 160 something to the front, 188 to the to the pin.
6: That's a good number.
1: Okay. <laughs> Whatever. It's a good number. <laughs> uh, yeah. So but anyway, uh whoever was out there calling it, I don't know who it was. You know, they're saying, I don't know, I don't know if he can get to the green. I'm like, there's no way in the world he's gonna get to the green. He's gotta get over the lip of the bunker. It looked to me like he's gonna have to hit like a a wedge or something. I mean, it's just it's not good, he's not in a wedge 188 yards off a of 45 degree uphill lie. I mean, they they just they they nobody will nobody wants to. They just don't want to ever be wrong, you know. So they they just they they just say it's just so neutral, you know, like the 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 conversation. I mean, I I don't know why are they even out there. I mean, that's what I don't get. I mean, I you know he's he's in the bunker, he's got an uphill lie, you know, he's 188 yards to the hole. I guess I guess that's what he's there for. He's there. You could just have a spotter though that could tell you he's 180. I could tell the guy in the booth. I don't I don't. I, don't, I think the golf telecast. Why don't they just have the guy, you know, in the booth and then a an uh, analyst in the booth? I, I don't. It's, it's enough for me. I want. You know. I, you ever watch the European Tour on on P, on uh, Golf Channel? Every once in a while. You one. watch. Okay. So that's all they have. They just they get a feed. And they have the, the uh, two guys, two yeah. guys in a booth. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where those guys are. It's the same thing they do with Sirius XM, uh, PGA Tour Radio. Those, what do those guys do? They just watch on TV, don't they? I mean, the, the main guys?
6: Yeah, the main guys do. They, a lot of times, Fred Albers is out on the course, Dennis Paulson's on the course sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah they're following groups. Yeah, which those guys do a great job, by the way, of describing the action and painting a picture for you because you're you're not watching on TV. But if you're watching on TV, I don't really need somebody to paint a picture for me. I'm watching it. I don't know why. Why I wonder why they don't just cut the budget and and uh, just have you know two guys calling it and then somebody doing interviews. I don't know. There's,
6: There's so much value be. in a guy being 180 yards away and he pulls out an eight iron, Hank.
1: <laughs> There's no value in it at all. It means nothing to me, except except when, when I'm looking at this. I don't need an announcer to tell me. I'm looking at this guy, Robert Streb in the fairway bunker. I see the lie he's got. It's a severe uphill lie. The lip of the bunker's in front of him. He's got to make sure he gets it over the lip of the bunker. He's 188 yards to the pin. There's no way he's getting that ball there. No way. No chance. So anyway, he hits it up, comes up about ten yards short of the green, which is about the best he could do. They could have just said that right away. That, that's that's all it's going to do. There's no way he's going to get this to the green. And Kisner hits it in there like 15 feet. So Kisner, Kisner, you know, makes that putt. You know, he, he's he's off the snide on his 0 for four playoff record. Well, uh, he misses it. Streb hits it up there. Streb didn't hit a great pitch. He hits it up there about ten or twelve feet. Anyway, he makes the putt. And then they go on to the next playoff hole. So they get to the next playoff hole, and they they, they go on the next playoff hole. And he uh, he drives it in the left rough, you know, and, and Kisner drives it in the right rough. Kisner kind of you know he didn't get a great bounce. But the fairway sloped a little bit to the right, and it goes in the right rough. He didn't have as good an angle, so it wasn't it wasn't as as good a place to be. Uh, Streb's in the, in the left rough. Now this is this is where luck comes into into golf a lot. Both of their lies were similar. I mean, they were both about a foot off the fairway. I mean, Kisner was about a foot off the fairway, and Streb was about six inches off the fairway. We'll just say it's both the same. And the lies were very similar, and. Streb is, is, you know, he, he says he's hitting a wedge and he said, we thought it was going to jump, meaning that you're going to get grass in between the club and the ball because you're in the rough. It's going to take the spin off of it and it's probably going to go an extra amount of yardage. And it could come out with, with a lot of roll on it. It's, it's maybe not going to hit soft. Well, he hits it and it comes out absolutely perfect. And it, it's the perfect distance and it hits and lands soft. Now it's a great shot. Great iron shot. There is absolutely some element of luck there. That shot, it's not like hitting that shot out of the fairway. You hit that shot out of the fairway, there's no luck unless it was a windy day and you got lucky that there wasn't a gust of wind. But when you hit out of the rough, there's an, there's just an element of luck attached to it. Okay, Kisner's in the right rough, and he hits it, and the thing just comes out smoking. In all honesty, I mean, one guy got kind of lucky, and the other guy kind of didn't. And Kisner's ball lands on the green and takes off, and it's gone, and it's over the green. And then uh, you know Streb has got a one foot or six inch birdie putt, and it's uh, ball game over. He wins his second uh, RSM. Anyway, it's my analysis right there. Yeah. I want to I want to talk about uh, Robert Streb though. A little, we got a, some instruction uh, stuff to go through uh, with with him. And not that we usually spend two days talking about Robert Streb. <laughs> But no, but but it does. It, you brought up a couple uh, good instructional points, so we'll get into those next on the the Hankey podcast. Uh, this week is uh, Black Friday. Uh, go to HaneyUniversity.com uh, and uh, check out the great deals we've got. We got the push card. Best push card that you can get uh, anywhere on the internet with the best prices. It's the uh, quick fold. We've got a great laser uh, rangefinder uh, on there as well. It's got the slope on it and everything. And the prices are great for free shipping, uh, Black Friday prices. So check it out. But also uh, sign up and register for my free instructional emails at HaneyUniversity.com. All right, we'll be right back on the Hank and a Podcast.
2: Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi
5: Rappaport. And
2: me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: All right, Tim. So you had some instructional questions when you uh, were checking out uh, Robert Strepp.
6: Yeah, yeah. So I pulled this information from the World Wide Web, and it says here, Robert Streb's a rare player who doesn't wear a glove. He didn't like the way it felt when he was a kid, so he uses a 10-finger grip. His swing is immediately identifiable thanks to his aggressive leg drive through impact. Sounds similar to mine, which is reminiscent (laughs) of fellow Kansas resident Tom Watson. Streb's club is almost perpendicular to the ground on the follow-through.
1: I don't know what that means. I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure what that means. Oh, the club pointing straight down. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's kind of a weird follow through a little bit. Yeah. The, the no glove thing, you know, you know, uh, a, a hall of famer that has no glove. Minnesota Tim. No, you're not. Are you a hall of famer? Uh, soon to be. In the Minnesota hall of fame?
6: that's Shatterbrook. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Shadow Book Hall of Fame. Oh my God, that's good. Uh no, uh Freddie Boom Boom Couples. Mm. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't uh he did not wear a glove. So that he's he's got that uh in common with uh, Robert Streb. I don't think Robert Streb's gonna make the Hall of Fame. Although it is the second win on the PGA Tour, both of them are RSMs. Now <laughs> uh, you, you gotta win, you gotta win 1520 events, you gotta make uh, a major or two majors.
6: You never know Probably Hank. Not.
1: Not gonna never happen. know, no, not gonna happen for the I'm like a golf years. channel announcer. You never know. Yeah, I I can't imagine not wearing a a, a glove. I I just don't. And I, you know, it, it just feels like you get a lot better grip. Do you have a glove? Or do you wear a glove or not?
6: No, I don't wear a glove. It it keeps the feelings in my hands.
1: No, you just you're just you're, you're being weird now is what you no i'm not you know being I mean? weird i don't i don't come on wear so you don't buy a glove because you don't want to purchase one
6: no cousin tyler gave me a glove and sometimes i use it and sometimes i don't it depends on how i'm playing
1: what does that mean if you're playing good you use it
6: it means a lot of times i go to that first tee without the glove and if i'm playing like crap i use the glove but if i'm playing <laughs> great without the glove then i don't use the glove but here's the oh, catch okay if i'm playing great with the glove i never take off the glove i putt with the glove i hit irons with the glove. I used the glove the entire round.
1: You know who used to keep the glove on when he putted? Who's that? Jack Nicklaus.
6: <laughs> it's very, we're very similar.
1: One of the famous, uh, most famous photos ever when he uh, hold the putt on the 16th Hall of Augusta. And he's got the arm up, one arm up, one hand on the putter. And it's, he's got the glove on. Yeah. It's like yeah. Ronald Jackson. Well, I, I'm I'm not a, a, an advocate of the no glove. I think you get, you get a better grip you know most of the time when you play golf i mean it it's summertime it's warm you got a little slippage possibility you got a little sweat on the hands it gives you gives you some nice nice grip and uh better feel that way so i i i do not understand the logic for no glove i mean i you know and it's one of those things where like you could play golf in tennis shoes with no cleats on them at all and you you might be fine and not slip. Uh, well, you would if you played in the morning when it was wet. But but let's just say you're playing when it's dry, and you know you, you may never slip, but but one shot or two shots. But those one or two shots c- could cost you a lot. And so so you should you should wear. You know golf shoes, uh, to to for those even if it's just for those couple shots that you might slip on, and you should wear a glove even if it's just for that one or two shots that that might uh, affect you affect you with that. Um, that's a, you know the reason why you know you would wear a glove. Now here's the thing on a glove: what you want to do with the glove, and this is what you know ninety nine point whatever percent of the touring pros do is they take the glove off after every shot. So you put on the glove, you hit the shot, you take the glove off.
6: (laughs) Thanks for for providing that instruction.
1: (laughs) Well, you know why you do that. (laughs) What's that? You know what the logic is for that?
6: To keep the glove fresh.
1: It does keep the glove fresh and it yeah. keeps you from sweating through the glove. So if you're playing on a hot day and you just wear that glove all day, the thing's going to be sweated through and then you're gonna have to get another one out and another one out and another one. The other, you know the other reason why you do that? Why is that? It makes the glove last longer. there you go. You know the other reason why you do that? Why is that? You don't get the white hand. Uh-huh. If you keep the if you yeah, if you keep the glove on all day long, you got the white hand. You yeah, got one hand tan, one hand not. So what do you do again, Hank? So look, what do you do? Can look you look like an idiot when you got the white hand. So can
6: you explain this again for me one more time? So what do you do? You put the glove on. You hit, hit your golf shot, shot. And then you take, take the, glove the glove off. off put so it in you your pocket. Do. Okay. Yeah.
1: Every okay. time. Put it in your pocket. Put the glove on. <laughs> take it off. Put the glove on. Take it off after you hit your shot. Can you
6: send that in a text message to me so I can remember that?
1: Okay, and when you yeah, will and when you get to the and when you get to the putting green, you just leave it off the whole time. So you you took it off, you hit it, you hit onto the green, you took it off, and then you leave it off. So you're always just taking it off and on and off. So it's a lot of on and off. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> but it it it, it uh, keeps you from sweating through it. Keeps it uh, makes the glove last longer, and uh, it uh, keeps you from having the white hand. You get to, you get the t- equal tan on both hands. Yeah, that's important. All right, so so that's uh, that's the, uh, the 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 glove stuff. All right, we'll we'll talk about his, uh the grip next. A little uh, a little tip on on uh, on gripping the the, the club, uh, the kind of grip you use. We'll 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 get into that next on the Hankini podcast. Uh, free two week supply of Voodoo pain relief cream and and uh, Black uh, Friday this whole Black Friday week on uh, voodoopainrelief.com if you haven't tried my great product the pain relief cream that people rave about you can check out the testimonials on the website they're absolutely uh, phenomenal and if you've got arthritis pain or back pain shoulder hip knee whatever it is uh, you got to give this this product a try cuz I'm telling you it absolutely works it's clinically proven clinically tested and this is the best deals of the year are happening this week on uh, voodoo so go there and check it out we'll be right back on the Hankini podcast
0: more than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies i'm your host alex fumero and each week i'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies from the godfather andy garcia he has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.
5: Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me,
2: Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: All right, Tim, the next tip is on the uh, kind of grip you use. Now we've got three choices. Okay. And the, you know, the reason why we're talking about this is this Robert Streb, who just won the tournament. His, he won the RSM. He uses a 10-finger grip. So it's like a baseball grip. You got 10 fingers on the club. What, 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 and by the way, what grip do you use? I use the baseball grip. You use 10-finger
6: grip too? I do use the 10-finger grip. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: No wonder you stink.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I shot an 83 this year.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. It, it actually, actually, I, I'm not uh, opposed to the ten finger grip. Here, here's the, here's the thing. You, you, you can, you really have three choices: ten finger grip, all ten fingers on the club, or you have an overlap grip where the uh, little finger of your uh, bottom hand overlaps the forefinger of your top hand. Okay, or. You have the interlock grip where the little finger of your bottom hand it interlocks with the forefinger of your of your top hand on the grip. okay those are the, those are the three choices. Now let's let's talk about that a little bit uh, Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods both interlocked okay that's what that script the they use which makes you kind of wonder why everybody wouldn't use that grip. If Jack Nicholson and Tiger was both interlocked, why wouldn't everybody use the interlock grip? That would be an interesting point. But the 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 fact of the matter is, is is that they say that the interlock grip is better for people that have smaller hands. I don't know if that's really I don't know if that's really true or not. Uh, and i don 't really care if somebody overlaps or interlocks or even baseball grip ten finger grip i don't really even care as long as they have a a good a good grip like have a a real good grip on the club and and how I define that is 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 both your hands are are fitting together properly. Like if you have a, a ten finger grip, but your hands are split apart, where there's you know gaps all in there, and your your top hand and your bottom hand are, are separated by an inch, that's not a good that's not a good ten finger grip. People say, is it okay to have a ten finger grip? I said, yeah, it's fine. Just have a good one. Have a good one where both your palms are facing in the same direction, where uh, you know the the uh, your, Lifeline of your bottom hand fits onto the thumb of your of your top hand, and it fits in there with the grip where the, your your bottom hand, your forefinger is triggered. That that's what the the grip should should look like because that helps you kind of you know brace and accept impact. Yeah, but but I don't care if it's ten fingered or not. But have your hands close together. If it's 10-finger, their your hands are close together. And, and I could grip it. I can grip, and I show people this. I could grip a 10-finger interlock or overlap and show you my grip. If you were standing across from me, Tim, and you looked at it, you would not be able to tell the difference. Hmm. They would all look exactly the same to you. The thing is, is when people say, like, Is it okay to have a 10-finger grip? Then they just have this terrible-looking grip where their left hand's uh, face in one way, like it's in a real weak position, and their right hand's in a real strong position, and they got a big gap in between their hands. The problem isn't that it's a 10-finger grip. The problem is that it's a bad 10-finger grip. When people have an interlock grip, one of the things that I see that they do is they jam their hand in their, this they interlock so far so that they, they go all the way into their finger okay with this interlock, and and when they do that they can't get their bottom hand on top of the club like you're supposed to the one key you want to make sure you always always have is that both of your palms need to be facing the same direction so that your your right hand and your left hand are in the same uh, you know uh, Basic direction, so so you don't. What I'm getting at is you don't have your left hand in a real strong position and your right hand in a weak position, or your left hand in a weak position and your right hand in a strong position. which you get with people sometimes that have interlock grip because they jam it in there so far. If you interlock, it should just interlock just a little bit. Just you just put it in there just a little. Uh, and, and what I mean by strong or weak is 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 that if you're a right-handed player, the more you turn your your Hands so that the V's that are formed by your thumb and forefinger, uh, your forefinger and thumb, and that V there, it points more towards your right shoulder if it's a strong grip, and more towards your chin if it's a weak grip, and you know, right in between the two is 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 a, a pretty pretty neutral position, and that's kind of kind of where I like to like to like to see everybody. But I don't really necessarily have a no preference. Like if I see somebody that's gripping an interlocking, I might. Change their grip to make it a better interlock grip, but I won't change somebody who has an interlock grip and give them a, a overlap grip. If I have somebody that has a 10-finger uh, grip, a baseball grip, and it's a good baseball grip, I'll just leave it alone. If they have a bad 10-finger grip and their hands are real separated... I mean, I I might e- I I might either just leave it there and just just get their hands more together, and leave them with a ten finger grip, or I might say, you know what, try try this, try an interlock. Because here's the problem: when you change your grip in golf, you're always going to feel uncomfortable. And people would, you know, th- throughout the years when I would w- was coaching, and people would say, oh, you know, like grip, my grip feels so uncomfortable. And I just I was watching my son Henry. Uh, who's seven? you know, Hit hit balls the other night, and I I said, Henry, can can I show your grip? And he, because uh, he never listens to me, he takes lessons at the at the the club from the like the assistant pro, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. And uh, but yet he tells everybody, <laughs> you know, like he tells everybody, my dad's a hall of fame teacher, but yet he takes lessons from the assistant pro at the club. And I said, Henry, when you get a little older. And he said, you're going to realize how stupid that sounds. Okay. Uh, But someday you'll listen. So anyway, when they're out there, I have to ask his permission. Can I, can I show you something on your grip there, bud? And uh, I didn't even wait for him to answer. I just showed it to him. And as soon as I showed it to him, he came with, that feels uncomfortable. You know, like like you're, it's going to make a difference i mean it's, you know whether it feels uncomfortable or and i said you know what it'll feel, it'll feel comfortable in about 5 minutes just just stick with it and that's the thing with the grip if people always feel like changing the grip feels uncomfortable but all you have to do is fight through it for you know a, a, f- a few shots honestly and it it'll start feeling comfortable uh, but overlap interlock baseball grip i don't care uh, just just good one. Just a good one, whatever it is. And one of the best things you can do is just get a golf book out. You know, uh, um, get pictures out from Golf Digest magazine, or go on the internet and look at the pictures of somebody. You know, close ups of somebody's grip, and try to try to make yours look like that. That's all. That's all you have to do, and it'll 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 be good. But uh, I would suggest the glove, and for most people that play, overlap is a grip grip of choice. All right, Tim. So you might want to consider that. Maybe that that could uh, could help. Although I don't, you know, I don't think I don't think your your grip is necessarily a problem. When I've looked at your swing, your grip looks looks like it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you. That's yeah. very.
6: Uh, that's highly complimentary from a Hall of Fame teacher. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, your grip's okay. You're good. All right, uh, good stuff today, Tim. I appreciate you joining me. Uh, email your questions at Outlook dot com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Hankaney at Tim Parachka. Uh, and uh, hit the follow button on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts, and we will be there every day with the Hank Haney podcast. Uh, big Black Friday sale uh, for voodoo, uh, you can get, also get a free two-week supply there. That's even better than a sale, free. Uh, and then uh, on the Haney University site, you can register for my free instructional emails and get some great uh, Black Friday deals there as well. So uh, check that out. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow on the Hank Any Podcast. Hope everybody has a great day. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you then. Hank Haney podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
0: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
1: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.